Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going in a little bit early today. So, we go again. Thank you for being with us again today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Uh, we just called in a little bit early, but that's all right because we're going to do best use of this time, as always, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the blessings of prayers and all of that been transpired. This day, we welcome you and we're blessed to have you in our midst and that the fellowship and the great and the goodness of the Lord be done. And I hope that everybody can hear me today. We're trying something new, and with this trying something new, you never know how things are going to be and how it's going to turn out. But anyway, we're not here to make excuses, not here to do anything but to carry on and just do the will of God and do this uh, message that we are having tonight. So with this message tonight, we're talking about sexual addiction. And sexual addiction it can be is a heavy thing. It can be a hard thing. It can be something that, well, a lot of us try to shy away from. But many people have been sweeping this under the rug, under the bed, it, not talking about it, uh, afraid of it, really. And I do believe that's where most of them are afraid of this uh, illness, the illness and tragedy that's coming about in our society. So with this in mind, we have to, by all means, pay attention, be aware of things, and not only to be aware, just to be aware, but to make some kind of a plan, some type of action to resist this thing, to destroy it, to avoid it, to go against it, and then overshadow it and overcome it. So it can be overcome just like any other addiction or any other thing that happens in our life. So let's not take this uh, sexual addiction. And because it's still with the sexual and moral matter, and it's private, of course, and it's intimate. Many of us don't want to be known by our intimacy. So since we don't want to be known by our intimacy, then what are we going to do? Well, the first thing we do is to swallow that pride. Close your eyes, lift your head up, ask for that forgiveness, and Let's go get done. Let's go get it over with. Let's go and say, I'm sorry. Help me. Do something. Don't just stand there. Don't just sit there. Don't just lay there and wallow in your disparity. Don't just stay there and be a product, a victim of your own sorrow. Don't just 
stay there and sit there and be destroyed because the destroyer is coming to destroy you. Come kill, steal, and destroy. And that is exactly what he will do because he's doing this each and every day. He's trying to destroy everyone he can possibly get, everyone he can probably possibly uh, take a hold of. But yet still we find ourselves in that place where we are being, I had not say lazy, but it's like we're blinded. We're blinded by so much that is happening in our midst. We're blinded by so much that is going on and being uh, transpired in our area. We're blinded so much by the shame, the guilt, and those things that come about us and come at us and the pain of this ailment, this disease, this tribulation, this sorrow that's come over us, this affliction that has come about and come over us. We have to really take a hold of our life and say enough is enough. Yes, enough is enough. But first, like last week, we're talking about how some of the things that can happen to start us and to cause us to be addicted to this uh, behavior, uh, this lust, this trial thing. And one of the things that, that can happen to get us addicted to it is through our repetitiveness and things that we are used to uh, uh, influence, tradition. And yes, I said traditions because even in our lifespan and our time, as a young man, and I don't, and I don't know about the girls, so I can talk talk about the men right now, because that's where it's mostly affecting the, the men. Because the men are the one that if you act out and really hurt things, women when they are addicted to sex, they are available more or less. So we'll hold that for now. But when the men are addicted to sex, not only addicted to sex, but out of sex, out of strong, they act out in such a way where they can cause physical, emotional damage and psychological damage. So one of the things that can happen is cause them, them to become damaged and cause them to act out on their sexual act and sexual behavior is because they are used to being told, being as a child or a young person, a young man, a, a teenager or however, oh, uh, are you having sex yet? Oh, you better go get you some sex. Uh, you're not a man until you get the sex. The coming of age and all of the movies that were coming on and everything about uh, uh, certain movies that portray a boy that's going into his adulthood, he had to go out and to prove his uh, manhood by having sex. Well, these are one of the traditions that causes so many uh, men to become sexually addicted because they have been taught this, trained this, even by their father. You're not a man until you can uh, have sex with a woman. Come on, we're not animals. We're not bulls come of age where that we have to go out and breed uh, the animals, other animals. No. It's not like that. Uh, 
either. Have you had anything yet? You know, take care and just don't get her pregnant now. You know, these are not the things. This is not the way to teach and train your young man. So these are the things that have been happening throughout the ages, throughout the ages, especially in our civilization, that we have been telling our young men about sex, about having sex, about doing this and doing that. And if you don't have sex, you've got to be uh, homosexual. You have to be sweet. You have to be sugary in your tank. And all of these different things that come about. And guys began to disrespect women because now if we find a girl that's maybe, uh, I used to say, maybe high-strung or sexual-oriented like a man is, then guys would uh, get together and pull trains on her. So that's also losing respect for women. So now he's grown up, he's married now, and he has children of his own. First thing you do, to tell this young boy, 8 or 19 years old, that go get her. Do this, do that. Uh, and you better protect yourself. Still, I'm not telling your young men and young young girls how to live, what the value of life is. So we come to tell you today that those are some of the things that can cause uh, one of the contributors of sexual addiction. Another contributor of sexual addiction, uh, other than these, uh, is repeated in this. Well, when a young man gets uh, after sex, and then it becomes a habit for him, it then becomes available, then it becomes whenever he feels like he wants to release himself, he can go to a certain place or a certain person that's available for him and get sex. Well, now that he's doing it, it becomes the place where he now desires it. It's a form to have it to him and a habit for him. And something that becomes a habit is habitual. And that is why they call it an addiction. So now, this repetitiveness being influenced. Well, a young man is not doing anything, and he's trying to live a good life. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to behave himself, his friends, his peers, more or less, even his family members. Well, harass them, coerce them, push them. Talk about him, backstab him, gossip on him, and then he goes out and he do something he doesn't like what he's doing because he's feeling nasty inside. And when he feels nasty inside, he feels that pressure inside of himself. Then he let it be known that he don't feel good. Then they really, really beat him down uh, emotionally, verbally, and then they. Outcast him, ostracize him. So when he's become that way, and he's been ostracized, he's been carried down like that. So next thing you know, he's in a place where he is. He doesn't like what he's doing. He doesn't like the situation. He doesn't like hurting people. But 
life, no value in his life worth what he's doing. So he continues to go ahead and to hurt people. He continues to seek out seek out these things. Sin is called rape now. He doesn't want to do it sometimes, but some it's like, what am I getting out of this? In fact, most rapists can't even tell you why they did what they did. They just did it. Sometimes they are angry. Sometimes it's because of uh, what has happened to them. They're ashamed. They're pressured. They're pressed into doing things they shouldn't do. And then they say, you know, they are doing something they have no business doing. So, therefore, now, they're in that place where they hate themselves and they hate everybody else. So we have that. So now the next thing that we can call is the influence, the repetitiveness. Then there's a thing called creating a desire. Well, we'll tell you a little story about farmers. Uh, first, I want to know. Uh, can anyone hear me? If you can't hear me, just uh, make a mark or something in the chat box, uh, something that you can hear me, okay? Because I would like to know because calls are starting to come in and I don't want to be kicked off the call. So if you can hear me, just uh, either say something or uh, do something in the chat room, or make a mark or do something, let me know that. It's positive. I can hear you. Beautiful. Thank you. God bless you. So with this thing in mind, what we talk about, sometimes it pays to have a farm-like mentality. Farm-like mentality is not only about being patient. It's not only about having a faith, but then there's a certain knowledge of some of the things that's the action of the farm. Now, one of the stories that came to me is that whenever a farmer or a rancher get ready to slaughter a sheep or a goat, even for their food or family food or, or guests or whatever, or a picnic, they would tie up the dog. Now, the reason for tying up the dog, the dog cannot be around a slaughtered goat or a sheep because the taste of that blood. That is one of the reasons why you hear so many stories about the werewolves and when the wolves getting a taste of blood, they go frenzy. They have a frenzy-like uh, mentality when they have a taste of blood. So if the dog gets hold a taste of that blood of the sheep or a goat, then they would travel for miles to other farmers and, uh, and kill your animals too. But most of the time they will not bother the uh the animals in the area, until they really, really, really have that urge or that desire. It's just like having needing sex now because now once you get a taste of something, a young man could be behaving himself. He could be grown. Uh, he's still a virgin. hasn't been exposed to pornography. hasn't been exposed to all of this filth and conversation. He's been more or less to himself. But then here come people like the echo back to the influence saying, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you steal this? 
man, uh, you know, you ain't got no girlfriend, you know what I mean? You start to fill in on him and everything. So naturally, you start to fill in and play with people and mess with them. They come to have these urges and say, next thing you know, just like with the dog with a taste of blood. Once you have that taste, once you have that affection, and then you start to get again and again, it becomes habitual, and it becomes lust, and that lust needs to be fed, and then you feed it with the desire, and then next thing you know, when you can't get it, you act out on it. So this way, when we can bring ourselves to that place of controlling, and that's why the scripture talks about self-control so much. And if we can do that self-control over all of these items, over these issues, because, see, we have to understand and know that sex is a weapon, is a strong weapon of the devil, of the evil one, of the one that was cast out of heaven, that was beautiful. Wings had all types of jewels sewn into his wings. He was wonderfully made and had an anointed on him because he was the beginning of the day, the dawn. He was the announcer of a new day. So when he got kicked out because of his pride, because of his, his attitude, just like we have the attitude sometimes, he uses the deceitfulness. Number one, his weapon, his major weapon, is a lie. He's deceived. Uh, the first people on earth, Adam and Eve, with a lie, deception, beguiled, they call it, all right? So, which is also twisting the truth, which is making it a lie. The second thing he does is now is to use idolatry, try to make us uh, hold on to something that in order to stop holding on to God or holding on to uh, trusting God, uh, the belief in God, hold on to this money. Money became his, an idol. So we start to worship in that money. We start holding on to money is like is a, is a God for us. So as idolatry and greed, because he was rich and he believed in rich. That's why on earth we have this pimp mentality. Because the pimp always have a lot of money. He's associated with money. His girls go out and make money. He make them go out and get money, my money. And that's that mentality that evil, the evil one push on us to try to get us to worship money. We got to have money. Okay, we need money for certain things. We need money for bills. We need money for money answers all things. But the desire and the love of money is what it causes us to be destroyed, loving it. We have the desire for it in such a way where we got to have it. Okay, we need it. We should trust God for it. And after we trust Him for it, then whatever happens, either we get it or we don't get it, we don't worry about it because we're told to worry for nothing. So since we are worrying about money, since we're desiring it, in such a way, we become, it becomes a God to us. So then, the next thing is sex. Because sex 
Thessalonians. But this is the will of God to abstain and stay away from fornication. First uh, Peter 2. Uh, cleanse yourself from all of these things. Sin, uh, you're talking about uh, evil desire and immorality. Ephesians 5. Fornication and impurity of any kind must not even be mentioned. Purity is that no fornicator. Here we go again. Sex, sex, sex. The devil has put sex out there so much because even, you know, I was talking to this with a brother one day, and then I say, you know what? Yeah, the will of God is to stay away from fornication. And back in those days, when Moses was taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, to take them into the promised land. Now, in the desert, going through the desert, one day, one day, 23,000 people died from sexual immorality. Whatever they were doing, they don't have to actually be intimate or having relations or whatever, but just the idea of what they were doing, anything that concerns about sexual immorality, immoral acts, God destroyed them, killed them. And then one of the laws that were passed down, especially in the first four books of the New Old Testament, uh, that one of the laws that if you were guilty of that fornication, you would die. They would stone you to death. So I would just imagine that today, if God was still wreaking vengeance on those who disobeyed his orders or disobeyed his act, of fornication. How many people would die in one day? It would be millions. So, therefore, that's why he is a just God, he's a loving God, he's a forgiving God. So, we have to do all we can to, to do his will, to do what he tells us to do, and to love one another in a good manner. Because what we have in a lot of places is not love. Because going to bed with somebody and tell them that you love them is not love. And that's one thing that we do in a lot of the uh, social media. We tell them, we're bringing this to place, we're bringing this to act, whereas a lot of marriages, a lot of relationships are formed out of having sex, a good sex. Oh, baby, you turned me all. Oh, baby, this, no, oh, baby, that. And let's. Uh, stay together. Next thing you know, one is moving in with the other one or they're moving together or somewhere only because of the basic of pleasing the flesh. Love had nothing to do with it. Oh, well, now, well, you know, I love you. And uh, then here comes this addiction thing is that when one is tired or one can't uh, function, then the other one is upset. Then they go out and cheat. That becomes now a problem. But we don't think about these things up front. That's why we have to, like, be all me, all me, know about these things. Think about this. When we think about it, we know that now we have to respect.
respect each other, learn to respect each other, learn to have that love, compassion, and caring for each other before we let the sexual nature take hold and take control over our very being. And our being is being that we have to now know that this is a weapon, this is a weapon that the evil one uses, just like even in any war, in any army, one of the major weapons of an army is the infantry. We know that there's a purpose and a meaning for infantry. As the guy that's on the on the foot with the guns and on their in their hands, pushing towards the evil or the enemy. Now, the second weapon that the uh, military force will use is um, how you call it artillery. Now, artillery like the tank. Uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, rocket launchers out on the ship with the with the guns, with the big guns, shooting at the different uh, city, a uh, place, or area. That's artillery. So that's another weapon that an uh, army use. Another weapon that the uh, army can use is the air, or a place where you go in and have a sneak attack, stuff like that. But mostly is the air. The air can come in, drop bombs on you, and it causes a lot of chaos, confusion, and a lot of de- uh, danger, and a lot of things can happen when you drop uh, bombs on a city or place. World War II was one of the prime examples of the air attack destroying cities and people. Even in, in Britain, we had to have those uh, bomb shelters. They still exist today. They use them now for different things. But now, just like the, we have those different uh, weapons for military, the devil has different weapons. And sex is one of his major weapons. It's not one of those weapons way down in the lower quarters. It's a major, major, major weapon, and it's a strong weapon because it's a strong spirit. It's hard to get rid of a sexual addiction. It's hard to get rid of a sexual desire once you get a hold of it, once you get a taste of it. Just like we're talking about with the dog get a taste of the blood of the sheep or goat, it's hard to get. That's why the farmer will kill his dog. I don't care how much he loves poopy, poopy, oopy. He will shoot poopy if that poopy go out there and kill one of his goats or kill a sheep because he knows that the taste of blood is in his system, in his veins. So now when we go out there and we get a taste of that desire, fulfill that desire, the flesh, lust of the flesh, go out there and feed that flesh, feed that desire, it becomes habitual, and then the next thing you know, no, now we're in problem. We have trouble, big-time trouble. We're going through uh, trials and tribulations. And I'll tell you one of the stories that, that happened to me one time, and I put this also in my book, uh, Deja Vu, Love Experience. Now, in this book, this sister called me over. I'm in church town, uh, doing a mighty work in church, doing this, doing that, reading my Bible, praying for people, and uh, counseling 
of people at the soup kitchen and stuff. Lo and behold, this sister called me over. So at first I didn't want to go, but now I'm hockey. I'm like, I'm strong. I can do this and I do that. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. So I go running over to the sister's house. Now, let me in. Where is she? The lady. Well, she's in her room. Okay, I go in her room. She throws back the cover. Nothing on. Wow. Well, you know, it's been a long time, ain't it, brother? Hey, brother, it's been a long time. Come on, you know what you want. Da 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 da. And then there's a scripture in, in, in the Bible that says that there's no temptation that has overcome us that is just, but God has made a way of escape that we can't overcome. That we can overcome this temptation, but God is making a way because He would not let us be tempted beyond our strength or our power to resist. So sure enough. I had to go to the bathroom big time, big time. Otherwise, I would mess on myself, you know. So I went to the bathroom, right? Now, going to the bathroom, I could go down these couple steps out the door. But no, here, here I am, all pride, and going back down with fuss with this young lady for trying to tip me. I'm going to fuss with her and rebuke her for messing with me. So I go back in the room and to tell her, look, you know who I am, what I'm about, yada, yada, yada. I'm fussing with her. And all of a sudden, that spirit of lust came over me, just like in the past, because my past life was still hadn't been too long behind me. So now, the next thing I know, I'm knee-deep in trouble. Not only am I knee-deep in trouble, but I'm down to the bottom of the pit in trouble. So, therefore, this is why I tell everybody, when they be up there talking about, well, touch not uh, God's anointed and do my prophet no harm, you better make for sure that you're anointed. You better make for sure that you are covered by the blood of Jesus. In fact, we don't even have to quote that scripture if you know where you are and who you are and what you are about. So, therefore, the devil don't care about you quoting scripture. So he come and ask you. He will do it to you. He will set you up just like your sister set me up. And it took me years to get out from under that situation. And by it taking me years to get out from up under that situation, I went into deeper and deeper disparity. I went into deeper and deeper darkness. I went to places and things that I wouldn't even tell my mother if she was alive. I wouldn't even tell God because I wasn't even going to pray because God already knows us. So therefore, and I know that God sees all, but, and I knew now, and I was in deep trouble. So I gave up. And giving up, I went into a place of lust, whereas I was set up again. And after I went through this little situation one day, went straight home and went to bed. And this was like about 8 o'clock in the evening, just like about now. And 
I went to bed. I went to sleep. I woke up at o'clock by nine, a little after nine or something like that. And by me waking up, I didn't wake up by myself. Something woke me up by speaking to my conscience, speaking to my mind and my spirit. You know you done pissed God off. You know you're upset here. Now, you know he's mad with you. You know he doesn't love you anymore. And you know what you did was wrong. So go up on the throughway and stop your car in front of a tractor trailer. And stupid me got up out of my bed, got dressed, and got in my car and went going to the throughway. And on my way to the throughway, just so happened I was guided in another direction to the last exit of my city. Instead of getting on this throughway near my home, I was guided to go on the throughway at another exit. The last exit, I say, out of town. And doing that to that exit, I had to pass by my church. Just so happened. There were lights on in the church. And I pulled into side street where the church was. And out of the car, I went into the church. Not saying a word, but it was a feeling that came over me whereas I'm going to die, but I'm not afraid. I'm going to die, but I'm looking forward, not really looking forward to it, but I'm accepting it because now I done made God mad. That was my whole punch, my whole theme. I went into the church. The, uh, the brothers in the church was doing uh, preparing for an event for the next day, which they had. Uh, this was like on a Friday night. The event was on Saturday, and they were preparing for that event. Now I'm standing at the altar, weeping. I mean, not crying, not boo-hooed, and couldn't pray, but weeping, not speaking to God, just. Weeping. A couple of brothers came into the uh, sanctuary, put their arms around me. I think they prayed, I must have prayed, or whatever. Nobody really said anything. They put their arms around me and just gave me a little tug. After maybe, I don't know how long it was, but I left. I felt like I can go now. I go get in my car. Now, in my car, the street that I was going up is a one-way street, but I made a left turn to go into the church street. I kept going. When I went to the other street, it was a one-way street going to the direction where I came in. It's like, you know, one street goes up and one street comes down. I do not remember anything. When I got into my car, Turn the switch on. I remember turning the switch on, and that's all I remembered. I traveled across the city, red light, stop sign, wherever, however, wherever. When I came to myself, I was pulling into my street near my house. I opened my eyes, and behold, 
I was near my house. I know now God is real. Then I opened up my mouth with my confession. I opened up my mouth to tell God I'm sorry about what happened early that afternoon because that lust came over me so hard. I remember that scripture about the the king trying to get with his stepdaughter, trying to get with his niece, his brother's daughter, because he'd married his brother's wife. And he had her to dance for him. And he promised her half of the kingdom if necessary. But instead, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist. The king was upset because he knew that John the Baptist was for real. John the Baptist was no joke. But he had to, his pride says now, I have to do what this girl wants me to do because she just danced for me, and now it's on the line. Well, that came about me because that day when this girl did what she did and didn't do what she was supposed to do, the lust was happening over my life so that I was going to rape her, and if I knew I raped her, I would have to kill her, and if I killed her, I would have to destroy the body. I'm up there in my mind, in my heart, in my conscience, thinking about this mess, about killing somebody. I hadn't thought about killing nobody since I was in the service, whereas we're trained to kill because that was during the Vietnam area. You were practiced, and you're going through basic training. You had to learn how to use a weapon, and using a weapon, your main objective is to kill the enemy. If that comes to be that that it's in your mind to kill or be killed. So that's the only time in my life where death came into play with me trying to hurt somebody. So now I really have to repent. I really have to get my act together because now I know for real that there is a true God. There is a blessing in knowing the true God. So to know God is to be high, is to come out of that situation. But guess what? I didn't come out of the situation right then and there, but I knew now that I'm working on the I'm working on it. Because now the Lord showed me I had to completely release myself from all the situations and all of the things that was holding me back and holding me up. And this is another thing where when we talk to people, we let people know that you've got to completely give up everything. We have to come, uh, as Adam did with God, I have to be naked before the Lord. That is, cleanse yourself of all stuff. All nothing within your own self. Come clean with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyway, getting back to lust, getting back to sexual addiction, now, a lot of things that happen. But now, in the meantime, I'm back, going back to church, but I'm maintaining. I ran into a lady that was helping young ladies 
with their addiction. Now, anyway, I confessed to her about having dreams. This is something else that we have to keep in mind. Sometimes dreams can cause you to do things, especially you guys know what I'm talking about. You have to take an oath and having those dreams because the evil one is doing nothing but whispering into your ears while you sleep and you're having those special dreams. The next thing you know, you're feeding your spirit. That's why when we pray, we have to pray in such a manner. Whereas, and if we understand and know how to do these things, how to pray, then we can ask God to give us a good prayer. And then we understand where it's coming from. We can wake up and tell Satan, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, either the Lord will protect you even in your sleep, whether we're awake or sleep, we can be with the Lord. And that's good to know. So my deliverance came through love, great love, great, great, great love. See, I thought I had love, but that love that I thought I had was not really love until I came to understand and to know the value of true love, coming to understand and to know who God was through Jesus Christ. Now, we can we speak scripture, we have the faith, but if we don't exercise that faith, faith, we're in trouble anyway. So we've come to understand and to know that this addiction, that this lust, that this uh, sexual in the window, how our females are being undressed. Adam and Eve were naked in the garden. Yes. And now, in this day, in this age, seem like we were returning to the nakedness. We are returning to that place. But see, there, it was a nakedness uh, unclothing that was just. It was the unclothing that was beautiful. Because the body is a beautiful thing because God made it for his image and his likeness. It's like a picture, a masterpiece. But when it's not a masterpiece, when it becomes uh, a desire, it becomes erotic, and it becomes a temptation, then it's not a masterpiece anymore. So that's why we have to come and teach our children, teach ourselves, teach our brothers and sisters the value of the body. The value the body is a temple. The temple is a special place. And the temple is used for special reasons, special purposes. Anybody just don't go up into your temple. Anybody don't come up into the household of God and do anything they want to do. So that's why we have to hold ourselves in such a manner, in such a way, in which the altar has been respected, the altar, which the place of prayer, the place of meeting, the place of fellowship, in the temple, which is our bodies also, then you have come to understand and to know how good God is. But God wants us to have love. He wants us to have intimacy. But intimacy is not for anybody unless you're married. 
But who is talking about that? Who is telling us and insisting that, look, you can't be doing these things until you get married? But this is another story and another, uh, how you say, uh, another meeting. So, therefore, you must, by all means, come to understand and come to know the value of love and the power of love because the power of love can overcome the power of lust and the power of this desire. Pornography, uh, the book. Last week we talked about how uh, as young men and young women, you can read these little funny books and uh, even National Geographic part of involvement in, in, in uh, becoming sexual addiction. How the guys used to take National Geographic and look at the naked women from the tribes and all this stuff and and, and, and uh, fantasize. Next thing you know, they're masturbating. Next thing you know, uh, they're going through all these troubles and trials. Next thing you know, as they get older, being fed by society, being fed by some of the things we just have to talk about, about the influences, about uh, relationships and stuff. Now, you come to the space where they lose respect. There's no honor. We get back to that place where we have to respect our female counterparts. We have to honor them as women and then teach them to be honorable towards the man. Then we can live together, coincide one by one and with each other without thinking about, wow, she's hot. Wow, he's hot. Oh, boy, I wonder what he got. I wonder what she got. See, most women on TV now, especially with all of these uh, uh Reality shows, our wonderful, beautiful women on this reality show with no brow on. You can tell there's no brow on, but they're not showing the nipples, but these big bosoms. Next thing you know, you're staring at them. You're desiring it. They have them big behind. You're staring at it. You're desiring it. Short, short dresses. staring at it. You're desiring it. And this is where the evil ones want to keep us bound, keep us in prison because of our desire for lust and our desire for sex and this nature that he's trying to put us on to keep us asleep, to keep us uh, blinded by these desires. How can we come to be pure in heart? How can we come to be cleansed have the helmet of salvation and all of this stuff is deteriorating and messing up our mind. Conversations on TV, conversations on the radio, music, uh, magazines, even legitimate magazines. Everything is shown nowadays. Never mind uh, all of those uh, other magazines where it's in those special stores. Just regular magazines nowadays. They don't mind showing uh, 
latest underwear. It's legitimate nowadays. You can pick up uh, Mason's, J.C. Penn's uh, catalog. They don't mind showing a woman with thongs on. Come on. Come on. Then we dress our children with all of these uh, sensual clothing. You know, it's like little teenage girls going to prom. You can see everything and anything. What kind of a message is she sending? Oh, well, it's my body. My body's a temple, and I love my body, and I, da, da. But you don't know what, what you're feeding, what desires you're feeding in somebody that's in that, uh, in that prom. Which one of those guys or how many guys are you uh, indulging or tempting their minds? The road corrupting their minds. When they corrupt their minds, they in turn disappear. When they go out with their girlfriend, they say, you know, they're boarding. And if she said no, they're raping. And if she said, I don't want to be honest with you no more, now, he kills her and kills himself. See, just because somebody saw a half-naked girl one time, or a woman that was uncladded, uh, downsized, however you want to put it, these are some of the things that can happen to us. These are some of the consequences of sexual addiction. People are dying daily. People are being hurt daily. Children are being molested daily. People are being uh, put into sex practices daily. Seeing all of these uh, porno sites, it used to be that was maybe about 10 or 20 or 100 sites. Now there are over a million, over 1 million sites. That is 100,000 porn sites. 100,000 porn sites. I mean, every porn site. So you tell your child, you can't be watching this, you can't be watching that. Okay, no problem. All they do is go to YouTube. YouTube is an open uh, feminist site. But on YouTube, you can go to click, 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 and wow, what do you see? You can go to uh, Twitter, go to search, click, 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 what do you see? Wow. You have your little iPhones nowadays and iPads. Okay, well, we put a uh, blockage on some of the sites. Some, uh, if you put uh, SEX on your thing, you don't have to use SEX no more. You can use Beautiful Girl nowadays. Beautiful Girl will come up with beautifulgirl.com, right? And in between that beautiful girls, you can scroll down, you'll see beautiful girls making love, beautiful girls uh, hot dates, beautiful girls gallery, and you stop there. And what do you see? Naked, beautiful girls. 
So, you know what I mean? This is why we have to teach our children and teach ourselves because we run into these things and we do these things to not because we, okay, this is what we're going to do. We don't have no intention to do it, but that spirit, that desire, that, uh, that, how you call it, innuendo come at you. And the next thing you know, you're doing those things that will do things to you and make you do things that will that you will be ashamed of, that you can't really be uh, guilty of. Now, you twist and you turn, you twist in between a rock and a hard place. So, therefore, my brothers and sisters. My friends, even though we go through these trials and we go through these tribulations, even though we try to resist, we have to resist even the more and put our mind in that renewed sleep, put our mind on a higher level, put our minds in our heart in that place where it is true love, love and more love and more love, and real love, because that sexual nature is not called love. I don't care how good she is to you, what she can do for you and do with you, that is not love. Love is when you care for someone, you're there for them unconditionally, you're there with them unconditionally, and you'll do things for them to help them, not to hurt them, because even one of the scriptures says that fornicator sins against his own body. Even God wants to not have that do those things. Leave it alone. Don't touch. Don't desire. So sometimes we desire, and we can be forgiven. It's better to be forgiven for thinking things than to be to go around and do it. So that one of the things that says that if you think about these things, you have already committed that sin in your heart. But I rather ask God to forgive me, or ask somebody to forgive me, than to go ahead on commit the act. And now I'm feeling nasty, I'm feeling dirty, I'm feeling guilty, because I am guilty, than to get on my knees and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me for thinking that way. Remove this from my mind, remove this from my heart, and help me to be strong, and help me to carry on day by day by day. And we can do that. Amen. We can do that easily. So therefore, okay, now we're just going to go to that place now where we have to, as you say, stay strong, help each other. Don't hold nothing in if you've been bothered by something. We can go to each other and talk, but there's some things that we just can't really blurt out. Uh, how you call that? Just like I did with this, this, uh, this uh, evangelist telling her thing. But there's a way you can tell somebody that you have a problem or issue. 
without revealing everything to them because people, unfortunately, are not all saved. Brother Michael, can I? I was going to ask you a question. Um, I don't want to cut you off, but I, you know, in in a, in a few minutes when you um finish your point, I was going to ask you a question about uh, renunciation and stuff like that. Okay. 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 I'll be right there with you. Okay. I hope I can ask. Okay. But well, like I say, when we come to that place where we tell people things. And then they go out and tell somebody else, misuse it and mis how you call it, uh, mess up our trust. Then they, uh, it's like when you go to a doctor and the doctor go out and tells uh, the next patient that, oh, the best patient that I just had just a minute ago, uh, you know, that patient had this, that patient did that, da 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 da. It just so happens. The patient that just came in now may be somebody that's close relative of yours, and the doctor just told your relative that you had something or you did something, and now you know what they had. Now you go out and tell somebody else, or either that person may be an enemy of yours. See, we have to learn how to protect each other's conversation, each other's privacy. That's why I would say, don't tell people the intimate details. Just like I, I went to, uh, when I first started going to church, now, lust, alcohol, and drugs, I was all up in there, and I was like over, almost 50 years old. First time going to church, because I was in the street big time. Now, this minister who's at the at her pastor's house cleaning up. And I said, boy, I'm going through some storms. She said, oh, good. I said, well, what you mean? I said, she made me mad. I'm good, I'm going through these storms. She said, no, because now you're going to get stronger. Now, she didn't ask me what kind of storm it was. She just knew that there was a problem and an issue. And this is what we all we got, got to tell us. We got a problem, we got an issue. Don't even talk about what it is. Don't tell about what the thorn is in your side. Because when I told this uh, minister about my thorn in the side, went to church. Come here, brother. Now, right after the pastor got through preaching, called me up in front of the whole congregation about, I'm praying for you. He releasing this devil, his demon from me. If he did that now, <laughs> I would slap him upside his head. You know what I mean? How dare you? Oh, God. How dare you? You know what I mean? Wow. Without me being respectful, because my grandparents always taught me to be respectful of the church and adults and yada, yada, yada. Right. Respect the church. But anyway, this is what I'm trying to say. That's what you say about the people. Anyway, so that's it, guys. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hello, Brother Michael. Hello, Brother Michael. God bless you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. You're not going to acknowledge me and I'm calling in supporting you? Okay. No, it is. Uh, anyway, uh, this, this brother that you uh, just said you had a question or uh, uh, concern or something? Yeah, hey, hey, amen. Brother Michael, amen. God bless you, son. This is Brother Dean. 
Um, I caught the, um, the thing last week, you know, you know, very powerful, amen, and very a great teaching, too. Um, what I was just going to bring out was renunciation, you know, because I was listening to your story and your testimony about how people get caught up in sexual sin and stuff like that and, um, you know, get these strongholds on them. And, I, and, and one thing I would say, too, is like, you know, along with prayer, uh, when I say renunciation, um, a lot of times we have to physically um, get stuff away from us. Like in the book of Acts, I remember when they got rid of the um, the arch and witchcraft and all that, they, they went through um, all the houses and, and burned all those witchcraft books in a bonfire right. and, and got rid of them. And, and so I was like saying, you know, to the listeners and whatnot, this conversation about renunciation, sometimes we might got to go delete stuff out of our phones um, you know, get get stuff out of our houses. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, delete stuff out of our, our media and and get rid of certain uh, relationships or whatever. Once we make the commitment um, to combat sexual sin or whatever, like because like you know, a lot of times things around us is affecting us. So when you got to renounce it, you can stop doing the act. But the stuff that's still around you is going to still affect you because it gets out your. It, you can stop the act, but then you got to get you can you got to get out the mind. You can get it out the house easy sometimes, but then you got to get it out your mind. And that yeah. was my that was my thing that you know that was with me. You know, um, once I got you know out of these these certain relationships, you know, with, with these women or whatever, you know, um, I still had soul ties to them, and so I had to literally. Um, you know, renounce it, you know, literally, um, you know, break up some things and whatnot, get them off of my um, computer, get them, get the pictures out of my house, out of my scrapbooks. Um, I had to go through the house and, um, you know, get rid of certain gifts and give them back and stuff like that so they wouldn't have no strongholds on me because, like, um, certain things had a uh, hold on me, like, when I would look at them in my house, in my computer, in my phone, and I was wondering, did it affect you like that as well? You know, did you have to go through the renunciation? Yes, but uh, guess what now? <laughs> you know, a lot of people talk about Oprah. And a lot of people, now I have to bring Oprah up because now right. I've been in the church and everything. Anyway, watching Oprah, uh, Kirk Franklin was on Oprah one day. And he would tell about how he would be on tour. And he'd be at the hotel. And the next thing you know, he's switching the, uh, the computer because a lot of these hotels and motels got these adult uh, movie, uh, pictures on their compu- uh, television thing. You go to certain channels and watch this porn, right? Right. So he said that he went home one time. He just got fed up with it and everything, got all his stuff together, and took it and put it into the garbage. Exactly. After three hours, he went to the garbage can and got his stuff back. Now, wow. the, same thing, the same thing happened to me. Like you said, you have to renounce this stuff. I put all of my little uh, books, my vibrators, doodles, uh, everything, into a bag. Took them to, across town, to a garbage can, you know, at, uh, at the right. bank, at the uh, supermarket shopping center, right? Right. About... Three hours later, I went back and got my bag. Going through the garbage. That's bad. 
See, because you didn't run out, right? Renunciation, what I, what I was saying, because I remember when I used to watch those Exorcist movies and Children of the Corn movies, and those spirits was in my house, you know, spirits of mm-hmm. fear and all that. So I literally had to get rid of those uh, DVDs and, well, back in the day with me, I'm talking about videotapes. So I had to get rid of them. Um, I, I remember I was in the military, and I was in a dorm room by myself, and I was watching these movies, and then um, the the imps, you know, I saw them in the house or whatever. You know, we, we, you see them out of the things in the size of your eye or whatever, but these spirits, you sense them in your spirit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it was a, a spirit of fear came or whatever. And so um, God spoke to me right then and there in the rhema word and said, you know, get those things out of your house. So um, mm-hmm. I gathered up all those videotapes, those VHS tapes, and, and as I was gathering them, the spirit of fear was coming on me like, like the devil was threatening me like he was going to kill me. I was so scared I wanted to run out of the room, but God said, God said get, get them things out. You, you don't let them scare you. Get them things out. And as I got those uh, videotapes out and stuff like that, and, um, and I took them out um, and whatever, I didn't give them to nobody, but I took them downstairs and threw them in the dumpster and whatnot. And I, and I just kept saying, the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and um, then then as I applied that name and evoked that name of Jesus, uh, all of a sudden the spirit left, and, and, and it was because it was attached to those things that I was keeping in my mm-hmm. house. So, so that's why I was saying to your listeners and stuff like that, you know, you can just break up with somebody or say it's over, but then you still got those things in your mind mm-hmm. and in the house. So mm-hmm. when it comes to renunciation, you know, in, in, you know, you might got to detox. Like when you get off drugs, you got to detox. And you got to mm-hmm. say, okay, I got to get this out of my system. I can't just say I'm healed. It's a process. And I, I would just say mm-hmm. to your listeners and stuff like that, that's something they might want to try, the renunciation, you know, in prayer and whatnot, and, and the name of Jesus. Because, like, if you get caught up in sexual sin, and, and I don't want to scare your listeners, but I'll, I'll just talk about, you know, incubus. And, and you know, and it's, a, it's an actual sexual spirit that mm-hmm. when, you, when you break up with people and whatnot, the spirit is still there because you attach yourself to a spirit. And and you literally have to apply the blood, the blood of Jesus because you'll feel that spirit try to um, to molest you and have sex with you or whatever, and um and you know it's just the whole thing like you know and and I don't I don't know like you know whether you guys um had experience with succubus or incubus or whatever, but that spirit is real and yeah, whatnot, real. And, and you mm-hmm. and you open up the door, you know when you, when you get caught up in these sexual um, um things mm-hmm. like without marriage or whatever and stuff like that and without God. You open up a door to all these other things and whatnot. So I would just warn people that you know, you know that the, the spirits is real, y'all. So like, we got to be careful what we open ourselves up to because like, when you invite these things into your home, you can get rid of the person, but then the the person was just to, so you can open up the door because the spirit is still there, and you're gonna have to get, let, go through a literal spiritual detox to get that stuff off of you and to get it out your mind and to get it out your house and, and keep you some anointing oil in your house because you're going to have to anoint them rooms and stuff like that too. So, you know, that, that was my experience and whatnot when it, when it was dealing with those demons, dealing with sexual mm-hmm. sin and stuff like that. I literally had to go through renunciation and whatnot. And, um, and, and I, would, I, would, I, would, I would recommend a book called Pigs in the Parlor uh, to those that's listening um, and stuff like that. Just look it up online or whatever, and that will help you um, with this renunciation. So the that's a heavy book I heard. Yeah, yeah it's a good book. That that help deal with these spirits because mm-hmm. see we forget that spirits are personalities. You know we mm-hmm. we want to make them get all in the spook science and the spooky stuff and whatnot. But you know spirits are personalities. So when you see people personalities start to change and whatnot and and then do different things and whatnot, 
and, you, and, and these mood swings and whatnot, you know, everybody wants to say bipolar, everybody wants to say drugs, but sometimes those things be spirits, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and whatnot. And, and we got to recognize that, you know, that spirits are personalities and stuff like that. And when you see personality changes, you got to say, uh-oh, you know, what am I dealing with? And if you're not prayed up and strong, um, it, it'll be like Peter, I know, Jesus, I know, but who is you? And you, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, that's why I say we can't even pray for everybody, lay hands on everybody, because if we just want to lay hands on, like the pastor say, all right, saints, I need y'all to come up here and help pray for this person. You know, if you ain't can't cover yourself and, and you call up in some stuff, you know, you don't want to put your hand on them or whatever because the spirits are just jumping you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, that's why I said, you know, the, the spirituality is these things when we have these conversations. I'm always saying, like, you know, how you, we oh, we got to be careful because we think we're just doing a sexual act or we think we're just enjoying these scary movies or whatever, but we're actually opening up doors to these mm-hmm. other spirits and whatnot. Then you give, now you got to get rid of incubus now. Now you got to get rid of demons now. And you thought mm-hmm. you were just having fun and whatnot. And when you got rid of that person, you know, now you got all these spirits in there and stuff like that, you know. And, um, and, and, and you know, and like I said, I'm not trying to scare your listeners or whatever, but, you know, this is what a lot of people are going, they're not talking about it because people probably think they're crazy when they mm-hmm. start talking about incubus or demons or stuff like that. But this stuff is real. You know how you say how the devil rides your back, how he paralyzes you and whatnot, and you, you can't, you're screaming inside your head and you can't fight. But then you say, like, all you say, well, Lord, all I can say is the blood of Jesus. You know, if you don't know nothing else, just remember the blood of Jesus when you're under attack. And that'll run them out of there, you know, because there's still power in the blood. Even, even if you ain't got power and your life ain't what it's supposed to be, there's, there's still power in the blood. And you got to say, Lord, forgive me. Amen. I don't know what I opened up and what I done got into, God, but... But Daddy, you're gonna to have to get me out of this and just say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And I think I think that thing gonna to try to intimidate you, you know, to hold on to it or whatever it is, you know, whether it's like uh stuff in, in your in your computer, stuff stuff in your home, stuff in your in your house or whatever, you know. But that's why I'm gonna say that's why I said, you know, I, I encourage people, like if you if you find yourself that you don't broke up with the person or you don't stop doing a certain thing but you, you still got of that spirit bothering you, whatnot. I would say go look around inside your house and and room by room and and, and say the blood and, and just start retaking your territory back. Like do some eminent domain, you know, and say yes, yes. say I'm taking back my living room. I'm taking back this bedroom is only I'm taking back my phone. No more them late night phone calls with these females, you know, or whatever. And and and, and it turned into that thing. You said this phone is holy now. You start to anoint your phone, then you anoint your conversation. <laughs> You know, because I I've been through some things, yo. I know I know, I know how it how it goes down in them DMs, you mm-hmm. know, and, and whatnot. It start off as a spiritual thing, and then people have agendas, and they catch you slipping and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. And next thing you know, you say, Lord, you know. Um, and then when people ask to use your phone, you be like, well, you don't want to use this phone. You just don't understand. 
You see what I'm saying? So that's why I said, you know, we have to reclaim things. You got to reclaim your phone. You got to reclaim your text. You got to reclaim your iPads because, you know, the stuff that goes on or whatever that we allow ourselves to, you know, we just got to delete, you know. I done deleted names. I done deleted phone numbers. I done deleted friends and whatnot that 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 wouldn't help me in this journey and whatnot because they were they were saying well um, I don't I don't I don't believe that I can't go that journey with you or whatever and I'm gonna continue to do this I said well I can't I can't not have that attached to me like that because when they come into your house and, and again you know I, I, you might say I'm going overboard now but when they be out in the, you know, in, the, in that world with all those spirits attached to them when you allow people in your house. You know, just like when people leave your house, you got to clean your house spiritually. You got to, like, because you don't know what they brought up in there spirit-wise, you know, and stuff like that, you know, because this is a spiritual thing. You know, the carnal man can't understand it because, you know, these things are spiritually discerned, so they'll be looking at you like you're crazy. But you'd be like, you know, you know, you know you got to let your relatives in your house. You know you got to let your, your um, family and friends in there or whatever, but when they leave, you know, you got to cover yourself, you know, cover you spiritually, like with your oil or whatever, and, and, you know, because those spirits and whatnot are going around like real lions seeking whom they may devour and whatnot. And so and all of a sudden you are happy and go lucky, but when they leave, all of a sudden a depressed spirit come on you. You're like, why am I depressed? And they could have one of them could have let that spirit in your house, you know, and stuff like that. And you don't know. You say, I was happy. I was up today. Why am I? Sad, you know, and stuff like that. And these—that's why I say it's a, it's a spiritual thing. So when we have these discussions about sexual sin or whatever, um, those things are spirits and whatnot. And it's like it's, it, think of it like the CDC says it's a disease and whatnot, you know, and it spreads and it's a spreading thing and whatnot. How from one person to another, uh, through a convert, it spreads through conversation. It could be airborne. It could be it could spread by something that you see. And, you know, stuff that you watch, you, you entertain thoughts in your head and whatever, and then next thing you know, you know, you're a slave to it, you know. And so, like my pastor used to tell me, he said, whatever you feed, the most going to be the biggest. If you feed the flesh, that's going to be the fat baby. If you feed the spirit, that's going to be the fat baby. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you're going to have one, one of them babies going to eat, one of them going to starve, you know, and stuff like that. But I'm going to shut up. I'm talking too much. But God bless you, brother Mike. I'm enjoying the discussion. Okay, God bless you. Okay, it's just uh, 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 power of forgiveness. Uh, you was going to say something? Rosalind. I hope I ain't scared away, bro, preacher. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think they are they in there. Okay, they, I think they said he left. The, um, I'm looking in your chat room now. It says that they. Uh, uh, I think the power for giving this. Okay, I think they were feeling some kind of way because, like, you know, um, I guess while you were teaching, um, they was waiting for a chance for, uh, to be recognized or something like that. They want you to to introduce them or something. Okay. You know, but you know, but you know that's that's what happens when you teach and whatnot. You 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 know you worrying about the time and you trying to get you know your words out that God spoke to you to tell us to teach us and stuff. So, you know, maybe they'll call back, and or, or maybe you 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 got their email or something. You can um, reach out to them. Well, I know who it is, so I'll get back. Okay, uh, is anybody else on the line that uh, want to say something or anything? Connecticut, are you still there? So I guess Connecticut. No. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Is there anything you want to uh, bring up, uh, my sister? No, all I have. 
I mean, all I have to say is, you know, it's good teaching. Um, you know, I I don't, you know, I don't know because I've never dealt with, you know, okay. what your topic is. So I'm not dealing with but. Right, no and I pray that I don't deal with I pray. So um, that's why I say every day, you know, we're all on grace and mercy every single day. I always say that for myself. I'm on grace and mercy every single day. Amen. So that's all I have to say, grace and mercy every day. And we have to be sincere about our life and sincere about the meaning of our life and what we're doing. Because so many people, so many phony people out there. And they I know. Caught up and caught out. <laughs> no, I know. I um, <laughs> I know. You know, I I'm dealing. Right. You know, with different things myself. You know, where, you know, the people they say they're they're one way and, you know, and they're another and um, okay. but that's why you know, you have to stay um stay focused and. Keep your eyes on the Lord. That's all Amen. I can say. Keep your eyes on Him. Amen. Okay. Well, if you get a chance to uh, check out my book, all right? Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Okay. It's I on know. My, uh, it's on my page on my uh, on, on Facebook. Take a look at it. You mean the new one that you just finished, or you uh-huh. mean the young? Uh, huh? Wait, wait. What did you say? It's on it's on Facebook on my page. The new one? Uh-huh. I got a picture oh, of it I didn't there. realize. Okay. Yeah, you can open it up and read the first page. Oh, so I'm going to have to go to your for not on the um the will not not on that page, right? Yeah, your um I'm on my timeline. Oh, okay, so I got to go on your timeline. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because I'm not friends with you. I'm just um, on that um, the Willow. Uh, uh, I think you can go on my page. Uh, you just can't make no comments. I think I don't something like that. But you can you can you don't have to be a friend because mine is unpublic. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, right. I'll go up there. All right then. So, okay. Uh, anybody, uh, anything on the, in the pardon thoughts, uh, Brother Dean? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I thank God for you teaching on this and whatnot. You know, I appreciate I tried to catch you last time. You should have seen me. You know, I, I was calling a couple of times, and I said, well, I'll catch him next time and stuff like that. But um, I just appreciate you teaching on this because it's very necessary, and, and you sharing your personal stories as well and stuff like that because, like, you know, Again, that's why I said, you know, people just got to be careful what they're allowing into their lives because, you know, it can it, it, it can linger and stuff like that. You know, you know, like we got to pray about the discerning spirit and say, Lord, you know, um, how can two walk together except they agree? Sometimes we warn that this person not for us, but, you know, you know, like it's like driving a car with the wrong wheel on it, you know, without the will of God, and you get stuck in the snow because you got the wrong wheel on your car. It's just like that with the, with the one will of God. Like I, said, I, got, I got stuck in situations like, you know, I like to sing a lot, and this young lady liked to sing a lot, but, you know, she wasn't in the Lord. And, you know, um, you know I, was just, I just got into the situation just because he liked to sing, and um, the Lord kept telling me that wasn't the one, that wasn't the one. And that, it led me down the path of some situations, and I had to, like, remove myself from, and, and get myself right again, you know. 
as as a man of God, I said, Lord, I said, I'm supposed to be like a man of God, and 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 and, and especially like we got titles. A lot of us we gonna be secret about it because we scared. Like, what if I tell my members or I tell my people what I'm going through? They're not gonna listen to me no more. So who does the encourager go to when they got drama like this? You know. And stuff like that. That's why it's good to have stuff like this that people can listen to, like be encouraged, where they can like just say, "Okay, I can hear the pastors and the and the, and the preachers, you know, telling their they stories and whatnot." And it gives other pastors um, and stuff like that strength and encouragement to say, "Okay, I went through this too, y'all." And you know, boom. And you know, like the, like the woman of God was saying on this phone and whatnot from Connecticut, he said, "You know, we, we get tired of seeing all these hypocrites out here because I." That's you know that's killing people from the Lord and stuff like that because you know they're still stuck in their sin and whatnot but they want to um you know still pre they they treating this like it's a job instead of, instead of a calling they say okay I'm gonna go to go to work put my preacher clothes on preach and and still do what I want you know but the people want to see somebody they can believe in you know and stuff like that and um uh, and God God has called us you know people are assigned to us. And that's why the devil's trying to get us caught up in these sexual sins and, and all this other stuff because, like, he knows if I can pull you down, I'm not going to just pull one person. I'm going to pull a lot of people away from the church if I get you. You know, you know the devil's whole intention is to destroy humanity because he, he hates God. Exactly. Because so he's come to kill, steal, and destroy, seeking whom he may destroy, and yet still, if he can discredit everybody, that's why the one of the scriptures says, and few will find a way to salvation. But many, many will yes, be so. You know, and that's a shame because we we refuse to listen to the truth and to be a part of the truth. So that's why I said, brother preacher, like I don't know if you do it in y'all church, but back in the day that we used to have support groups. Like when we was young, we had YPP. W or whatever, where the young people would have young people meetings and have discussions like this. But then when you get grown, nobody talk about this no more, and, and people get caught out and start getting pregnant, have kids out of relationship because nobody's speaking about it no more. So I would just suggest that, you know, people that listen to this or whatever, start having support groups in your churches and, 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 and deal with people who are having real issues. Like if they're having sexual sin, deal with it. If they're having drugs, deal with it. If they you know, if they have in other situations um, of depression or whatever, you know, actually have support groups in the church that helps the people and whatnot. You know, we, we have building funds all the time, but how about build the people up, you know, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that that's what I would say because that's why we're in these trouble. We don't talk about it no more. Everybody's in secret. A lot of people say, I want the church to stay out of my business and, and whatnot. And, and, and when they say that, you can't help the people of God because they want you out of their business, but they want to still, you know, be – they they want to still be successful and whatnot and not beat up by the devil, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have the church out of your business and, and and you know and not be beat up because we can help you fight and whatnot if you help us. If you tell us what's going on with you because some of us have been through it and we can help you with that. But if you say I don't, the church needs to stay out of my business, we can't help. All right now, you. So okay then. So we'll uh, like I said, try to do this again, maybe at least. Once a month, I'm going right. to have a special on all the uh, uh, different items, different special topics, uh, along with the regular routine messages. You know what I mean? Amen. Then, as you notice, though, tonight there's only a few people on, which is good, beautiful, beautiful, appreciate that. But the idea is that people come in, they listen, then they leave out without really hearing 
what it's all about. And plus you've got the archives, too, because after we hang up, this is going to go in your archives, and people can just listen all day long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hallelujah to that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And the recording will be up in about half an hour. Amen. Okay, guys, so thank you, bless you, and uh, really appreciate this night, and thank God for you. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Praise. Appreciate y'all. And I'm glad that everything was, you know, that you didn't have um, problems. Thank God for that, too. Thank you. <laughs> thank God for that. Amen. All right. Some technical difficulties. I know. <laughs> Sometimes the technicals, I know, because then he, sometimes he don't want to. He he doesn't want you to get the word out. That's right. But no weapon that's formed that's against us. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Good. I'm so happy. So. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God so bless happy. you. You know, I, I appreciate your comments as well. You know, like you, people gonna listen to this broadcast and learn from this tonight. Uh, okay. Then. Well, I'm gonna put it up and put the word out so that they can come in. And listen to the uh, listen to the broadcast, okay? Amen. Okay. With that in mind, thank you. God bless you, and good night. Good All night, right. everybody. Bye bye. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.